really it's more of a generic idea of being open to challenging our perceptions of ourself and our perceptions of the situations around us and often recognizing that they're somewhat distorted and the consequences of a distorted perception is that our emotional reality starts to work in sync with the distorted perception and we then we become trapped in that world and it becomes very difficult to escape it because we don't know that we're in a paradigm. We don't know we're in a narrative. We don't know we're trapped in a story that we're telling ourselves. We could tell ourselves a different story. The story is in reality. It's just the story. So the tactic that we've developed is identifying the thought behind the negative emotion, challenging the thought by asking it quite simply, is that true? And for some reason, the question of is that true triggers our... Um, a different part of ourselves that almost the, I would call the question triggers us to become more connected to our seichel, to ourself, to our aware, far-sighted, well-balanced, connected essence. And once we get connected to us, once we to us, Come back to me, my mate. Come back, come back, come back. When we get connected, connected, when we get connected to our rational, higher, elevated, essential self, just getting that connection and the way we get there, the pathway into that self is simply by asking the question, is that true? And when we ask the question, is that true? We're connecting to the truth inside of us. And the truth inside of us feels bound to give us the, the right answer. So when we challenge the false perception by asking the question, is it true? We move away from the part that's dominating and filtering reality in a very specific way. And we separate ourselves and we're able to get some distance and hence question. Questioning puts us in a different emotional place and allows us space to reevaluate, which then we can offer ourselves different possibilities of understanding life and activate what we call our freedom of choice. But it's initiated by a very simple question, well, is that really true? And delving. So this is an amazing chidush that I've just realized through this process, and I'm realizing strongly as I speak, that asking a question is so much more than just an inquiry, an inquiry. Americans say inquiry. People who speak English say inquiry. <laughs> that I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not joking. I'm not. Jo- I'm joking. That when you when you start to inquire and start to be curious about was it really true? The act of curiosity is a shift from being outside in the parts of self to the essential self. And when I mean the parts of self, I mean all those protectors and defense mechanisms which occupy and create narratives in order to protect us very often from imagined dangers. So say for example, I'm in a room and I'm feeling very I'm, I'm feeling very, very 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 vulnerable. I feel like I'm going to be exposed. So I may tell myself a story that everyone's against me. Because that part of me which feels exposed lends itself to that narrative. And I'll go with that because I get flooded by that part. 
But when I step back and say, well, is that really true? So then I've dislocated myself from being caught in that part, and now I can question, is that, was that really true? I say, mm, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I, I like that guy I know, and well, how do I know what they think about me? How, how do I know they get? No, actually, it's not true. In fact, when I look at their faces, they seem quite interested in what they have to say. Oh, okay. And then, boom, you see the myth disappears very quickly. Is everyone following the, 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 the line of reasoning? I think it's a, the, so for me, there's a very powerful technique. So it's identifying the thought, and the thought is probably being generated by an irrational, an emotively based component of who we are. We call it in Hebrew, we call it a middah. And the struggle is essentially in Hebrew, you'd say it's a struggle between the middahs and the seichel. The middahs tell us all kinds of stuff, and most of it's like made up. And the seichel has this balance to evaluate. So is that really true? Is that really true? Let's, let's talk about that. Is that really true? And then we say, well, no, it's not really true. Well, how about, because now the seichel has the, has, has the point of, well, now we grounded ourselves in, in a deeper part of ourselves, so now we can start to say, well, could we say the opposite to what we said before? And then there's, in the seichel, there's flexibility. The seichel is emes. So emes is expressed in the way that the word is written in Hebrew, and it's written with an aleph and a mem and a tof. And the aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the mem is the middle, and the tof is the last, because emes allows two sides, and it sees the entire <coughs> perspective. Sheker, which is what the Midas do, is they just give us kuf, reish, shin. Those are the last three letters of the alphabet, save the last one, which is emes. But it's, it's three letters which are all kind of clumped together because the idea of Shekhar is not, it's not like, it's lies. It's, it means it only gives me a sliver of the Thai reality. It presents this tiny, tiny, narrow perspective of the reality. So that narrow perspective may have, an, have a grain of truth in it, but it belies the totality of reality because reality is made up of the beginning, the middle, and the end. MS is the beginning, the middle, the end, and the way we get there is we're able to negotiate both sides. Know as a rule of thumb, if I'm positive that this is the only way to go, I'm in Sheker. Because MS always has another side to it. So when we say, is this really true? And then we say, well, no, not really. And can we flip it? We're becoming close to MS. MS is a function of the Neshama. So we're in our Neshama. We're in our Seichel. We're in our higher self. So this process brings us back to higher selves. Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that amazing? Isn't that a nice shortcut towards spirituality? Again, what we're working with a lot is the, the, the portal to spirituality isn't often where we would expect it. No, it's not upon a mountain in Nepal going, um, even though I'm enjoying this. I'm starting to feel like I'm a didgeridoo. Um, <laughs> Did you, you know what didgeridoo is? No. No. Can someone find a didgeridoo online, please? What? A didgeridoo? Didgeridoo? Okay, it's okay. Shimmer's on to it. Shimmer's on to it. Didgeridoo. You don't even need to spell it. Didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Didgeridoo. Okay, do you want to get a sound of a didgeridoo? Yeah. Is it not opposed to the aircon being on? That's not didgeridoo. <laughs> Shimon? Yeah, it opened up the wrong version of YouTube to do it. Okay. No, just get on with it. Go on. What are they doing?
Uh, it's by start, okay? So that's the, the yeah. That was sorry, sorry. That was that was compulsive association. I have no idea how I got to the juju so quickly. But no, do you, no, no. Did you see the connection? No. Is that meant to be a meditation sound? Like, oh, sorry, I started with the meditation. Basically, I started with yeah. mounting in the pool meditating, and they thought, oh, this sounds like a didgeridoo. And then it was just like, well, what even is a didgeridoo? What even is oh, that? It's a digeridoo? It's a very long mix. It's a, basically, it's a long wooden pipe that you blow in and make it. Oh, is that it? I don't even know what it was called. Uh, didgeridoo! There you go, <laughs> mate! Yeah, didgeridoo, you know? How else are you going to track the kangaroos? You need a didgeridoo to attack track the kangaroo. You know, so did you do? Okay, so that was completely irrelevant. I apologize. I apologize. Compulsive association, not good, not good, not good. Um, but we intuitively think the way to spirituality is like meditation, deep esoteric concepts, spirituality, temples, deserted mountaintops, and comes along. And the side answer is no, no. You can find spirituality in your day-to-day life simply by asking a question about the way you're processing the fact that you missed the bus and you're going to feel like really upset about missing the bus and you say well, why am I so upset well um, because I missed the bus well what's the thought behind that the thought behind that is if I want the bus to come it should come hmm, that's an interesting thought to have is that true let's examine that if you want the bus to come the bus should come meaning you're putting your will as the driving in energy behind the entire public transport system. I'm just wondering if that's true. Like your world, does it really impact the drivers, the traffic conditions, the mechanical state of the buses? Um, I think if you like look into that a little bit, you'll find that that's not true. So yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're the timetable. Shut up. Um, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I don't think my world controls the buses. Okay, so let's just go back through that thought. The thought is, well, if I want the bus to come, it's going to be here. No, it's not going to be here. How about we flip it? If I want the bus to be here, it will not be here, or it won't necessarily be here. I think that's true. Boom. I moved out of the middle. I moved, you see me, Kranzies? I moved out of the middle. Do you mind if I call you Kranzies, yeah? Please. Thank you. I moved out of the middle. The middle was anger, right? And anger, this whole spurious thought attached to it. So I go to the thought, and I think, well, does the thought make sense? And the thought's ludicrous. So then I say, well, no, it makes no sense. And then, boom, I've escaped from this narrowness, this false presentation of reality to me. And I've got closer to the reality as it is. And so therefore, that's, a mo- that's almost like a shortcut into spirituality. I didn't go into any mountain. I didn't, I didn't, Taka, no, actually, Finding the connection between myself and a didgeridoo, I start to understand that a didgeridoo could be another path of spirituality. We'll have to explore that. But in the interim, the question of is that true becomes a major, major entrance point. It's like you almost, it's a key to unlock a door to more 
connection to self. This is phenomenal. This is big. This is big. This is a game changer. It's a game changer. I mean, I think it's important to eat vegan, but this is a game changer. This is not the game changer. It is the game changer. So that's one thing. And then you can flip it. Once you can flip it, you can flip it again. So you can say, well, okay, how about that? And I'm dealing, dealing with the thought that I'm, I'm late. The, the bus, because I want the bus to come, therefore it will. Is that really true? No, it's not true at all. Well, how about this? Because I want the bus to come, uh, the bus won't come. Well, that's not true either because essentially me wanting it to won't stop it from coming. So how about this? Me wanting the bus to come will have no impact whatsoever upon its time of arrival. No, that's true. And then we can say, well, how should you feel about that? Or well, I should probably feel... Nothing. I should feel, yeah, I should feel nothing. Or I should feel, I should feel, you know, a little bit vulnerable. Because the bus, the bus timetable is bigger than me. Unless, of course, thank you. I'm the bus timetable. And even then, one could argue. So I start to get a sense of perspective. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm just this person that's really reliant. How about this? The bus comes on time because of what the bus wants to do or the bigger, the bigger system. Oh, wow, that's the opposite to what I thought. And all of a sudden, I've gained perspective and I've walked out of that megalomaniacal fantasy that because I want something, I can control the world, which is, which is incredibly, incredibly um, distorted perception of reality and myself and everything that works around me. And therefore, I can start to be appreciative, maybe, that when the bus comes, I say, whoa, I have no control of the bus. Me wanting it to come doesn't affect it. And still it came, even though it's five minutes late. Thank you bus driver thank you bus mechanic thank you bus production manager thank you men who made the roads thank you men who organized thank you timetable thank you thank you thank you and I moved from anger to Akarasatoyev gratitude oh my gosh what a different way to live thankfully I'm now in myself and I'm not in some kind of arbitrary presentation which is totally illusionary about what life's going on and it's amazing how as humanity so many of us fall prey to living in the illusion I'm certainly one of them so this is this is a pathway back to real self, isn't that? Isn't that just so amazing? And very simple, isn't it? It's just amazing. <coughs> How are you feeling about this, Josh? Not yet. It is, is it right? It is. It really is. Ben, Ben, how are you feeling about this? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Shimon, what's Nice, good. That's it, yeah. Wondering about bus timetables and how many people it takes to make them. Yeah, and that is that, the truth is, I thought everyone was going to give that answer. It doesn't really work. Leave. It's as easy as pie. It really is. Tell me something that you're struggling with right now. Dum 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 dum. You are missing a bus right now. Okay, but you do get upset when you miss a bus. Yeah. Have you ever done this to yourself when you've missed a bus? No, but I'm. Ah, but we'll stop there. So I'm not upset because like I think I can control the bus. I'm upset because like. I want to get where I'm getting and I'm not getting there. So why are you upset? But if you realize that you have no control over the bus timetable, yes, why would you I be upset? Get, I get more angry than I don't have control. Okay, let's just work that out. So you, your thought is, this is what, what's the thought? You, you miss the bus. What do you, what do you think? I have to wait another 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Okay, so why did you get angry? Because I want to be there on as quick as I could be okay so wasting my life good so one second so because you wanted to be there therefore 
therefore the bash should have come. Right, in other words, because you wanted to be there, therefore the bus should have come, right? Yeah. Okay. So your thought process is, because I want the bus to come, it needs to come. So your thought, thought process is, I control the buses. Because if you realize the insanity of that thought, how could you be upset? You couldn't be upset. There's no rational, there's no, there's no rationale. There's no, there's, no, there's no accompaniment to that thought. The thought is like, it's an insane thought. It's an yeah. insane thought. So let, let's go into that thought. So, so I know that I can't make the bus come and I'm furious that I can't make the bus come. Why? What's, what's the company thought process? Because I can't control the bus, therefore I feel anger. Because I can't control the bus, I feel anger. So let's examine that. Um, why would you not being able to control the bus create anger? Well, surely it's because, surely it's because there's a part of you which feels that really if things were going the way they should, I should be able to control the bus. And now the reason I'm so upset is because the thing that I should be able to do, I can't do. What's the thing I should be able to do? control the buses when they come that suit my schedule perfectly. Are you starting to see how insane that thought is? Are you starting to laugh at the insanity of that thought? So if you actually went back into the thought and realized how insane it was, it would be very hard to be angry because confronting yourself with the deeper part of you which functions according to reality, you'll realize how insane that thought is. It's an insane thought. You with me? And unless you are insane which you're not, in other words, unless you, the problem is when you don't escape the middle and you're in that thought process, you can't even see it's a thought process. You think it's a reality. What do you mean? How can the bus not come? And I'm stuck here. This is stupid. What's stupid? <laughs> you're stupid. Well, because you're not understanding that I should be able to control the bus. Is that true? Should you? I mean, what would that require? Well, it would require me to be head of the bus, public transport, to be able to control. Basically, it would involve me becoming God. The only way I can really have a legitimate thought that this is all in my control if I believe that I'm God. So now it goes even deeper. The reason why I'm upset is because I am God and my godly powers aren't working. And now you see what now you see the depth of what Chazal said when they say, When you get angry, it's like you're worshipping idols. Which idol are you worshipping? Yourself. Who are you calling yourself? God. <laughs> Pretty intense, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Look, I understand this logic um, regarding when you don't get when it's that I wouldn't get something, so the bus wouldn't come, and now for like therefore I don't get this benefit. I understand that that's something I can't, you know, command that it happens to me because I don't have control. Right. But when is to say that the other type of situation which could take you out of the world is when something happens to you. As opposed to you don't getting something, how does the logic work? Give me an example. Someone comes and just punches you in the face. Someone for comes no and punches you in the face for no reason. Okay. Like so, yeah. And I what happens to you? What do you feel? When I was young, um, someone. This happened to you a lot when you were young. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, because if it did happen to you like repeated times, I would question and say, "Is there really no reason for this?" <laughs> yeah. like, I would ask myself questions like, "What happened before the punch came? Was I like hurling in? You know, exp- What's it? Uh, 
speak to that the person? Was it like throwing water on them? Like, was there any cause relationship between the punch in the <coughs> face and something I've done? But if it only happened once, or if someone's randomly came up to you in the street, <laughs> can you? Yeah, okay. Give uh, me a real life example, okay? Real life example. On the show, I tore a soccer field drive over there. Next thing you know, turn around, someone was like trying to hit a cricket ball, and he was very close to me, and he missed the cricket ball and smashed my face with. Bat. The bat. So you were on the play, playground and someone hit you in the face with a cricket bat. Now, a cricket bat, for those people who are not familiar with the game cricket, it's not a small insect. It's a game similar to, to baseball. However, it. however, it is enjoyable and exciting. So, <laughs> so I'm joking. I'm not, I'm not showing any kind of cultural bias. So... <laughs> So someone hit you with a cricket bat and uh, gone, and how did you feel? Pain. Pain. Irritation. Irritation. Anger. Anger. Okay, so why did you feel the anger? Anger. Because I, I, I couldn't think of any justification for why that happened to me. Meaning you feel that you should have been able to control the person who is holding the cricket bat's actions. No, I feel like that scenario should never have happened. Yes, but can you control that person who's holding the cricket back's actions? No. No. So, well, why shouldn't it have happened if you can't control his actions? It could easily have happened. It could happen again. Since you can't control his actions, why do you think it shouldn't have happened? You can't control his actions. You can do whatever he likes. Because it's, it's not within the norm mm-hmm. um, to get hit with a cricket bat. So, so you assume that you can't control it. But you assume people obey the happen. norms. But you see that you can't control it because this guy didn't obey the norms. So why are you angry? Because it's, it's very sore. Because you didn't want this to happen. Yeah. And because you didn't want this to happen, it shouldn't have happened. So you think that your want controls the world. Because you didn't want to tap, and therefore he shouldn't be able to hit you. But you see that your will, will doesn't do that because he hit you. Aye, Taka, it's muhach Had you been able to control him, there's no way you would have allowed him to do that. So the fact that he did it, vice versa, you don't control him. So how should you feel? You should feel sore and uh, aware of the fact that you're absolutely powerless in terms of what other people do to you. I'll bring you proof. Otherwise, why would you sacrifice yourself to beat that cricket bat? <laughs> yeah, no, I can see it, but we can work through it. Hmm. If someone does like something very like horrible to you, so some, so it's like, unfair, some, says give me an example. Let's talk about this topic. Did it happen in morning show today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's get it out there. <laughs> Okay, someone does something really horrible so to you. They like you. they do something yeah. really awful. Yeah, and um, you can't control whatever they do and like, come to terms with that. But then, like, what do you? What is your reaction meant to be after that? That you come, you say you can't. Okay, so that's a great point. Interpersonal relationships. So now, how am I going to move forward in this relationship? Someone does something to me, there's no way I could control it. And uh, just because I didn't want it to happen to me, doesn't mean that it's not going to happen to me. Um, so therefore there's no reason for me to be 
angry, but when I look at the person that did that to me, I think to myself, I can't control him, and therefore the fact that he um, put some noxious fluid in my drink doesn't, doesn't, there's no way I can control that, so therefore, you know, that's just the way it is, but it doesn't want me to initiate a relationship with that person. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's totally legitimate. But there's, there's, not, there's no reason for anger, just from a totally irrational perspective, why would you want to engage a person that's sabotaging me? Yeah. That's how I feel towards them. I feel sorry, compassionate, distant, I don't know. But I wouldn't feel angry, because yeah. I realize that because I don't want them to do it, it doesn't mean they won't do it for her. They did it. Yeah. So if I would connect to my elevated self in a very deep way, perhaps I could even think, I could be curious and say, I wonder why they did that. I could be compassionate. Wow, if they're doing that, they must be like, really strange. Like, it's such a, such a low thing to do. Like, I feel sorry for them that they need to resort to that kind of thing. And then I may want to explore it with them. Yes, Jay. I'm just asking, you're okay? Bro, what happens when you'd be the guy attacking with the cricket bat? To hit, yes. What if I was the other guy to hit me with the cricket bat? So even though I And then afterwards, I'd feel bad from the situation that happened, and then that thought takes me out of the world. I've got control of my, of my thoughts. Right, so, no, okay, so here I am, I'm swinging for the ball, and some clumsy oaf places their face in front of my bat and punishes my bat with their face. So I'm thinking to myself, whoa. David, cherry. <laughs> so, so it's okay. I'm, I'm swinging my bat and I hit you by mistake and I was negligent. I should have looked where I was swinging and I didn't. So how should I feel about myself? Should I feel guilty? Should I feel bad? Should, what kind of thoughts will be going through my mind? In other words, when I do something horrible to someone else, now we're switching it, right? I should, what, what kind of feelings will, will get in, and what kind of feelings accompanied by what kind of reasoning will be accompanying. So I'm trying to think when I do something bad to someone else. Depends if it's not. I'm just choosing which one, sorry, from today. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say Shimon? It depends if it's an honest or not. If no, it's, he's a pushier. Right. We're assuming that he's a negligent. Negligent? You feel sorry. That's I feel sorry. It. I would feel sorry, but you just have to get over it because you can't really change anything because it wasn't your fault. So basically, had you been wielding your cricket bat and you slammed Toby's chin in, you'd say, well, this is a real pity. Nothing can do about this, so let's just move on. I'd apologize. <coughs> I don't know where further you can go. Because no, no, I'm, I mean, I'm with you, and I'm sure Toby would be overjoyed with that reaction. <laughs> As he lies there, you know, clasping onto his chin on the floor, screaming in pain, you say, well, there's nothing really I can do. It was, was. So I really hope you recover soon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wouldn't be far from what I think. Good, I'm sure that would engender close relationships and stuff. <laughs> okay, so I, I, th- I, think, I think we're getting the hang of this. Mmm... When you, when you actually think about the notion of Jewish learning, you see how this attitude towards taking things for granted is embedded in our learning culture, that we never take anything for granted. 
And that's why the whole structure of the Gemara, which is the bed and bright of what we learn, always questions everything. So we have a, a Mishnah, and the Mishnah says two people want to build a wall together, <laughs> uh, or two people want to make a, they want to divide up a shared space, so well, they have to build a wall to protect each other from peering into each other's business. So the Gemara says, oh, okay, thank you. The Gemara says, what? Who cares if they want to build it together? Why do they have to build a wall against their wills? Why can you force him? I mean, there was no agreement, yeah? No, no, there was an agreement. Okay, who cares if there was an agreement? The agreement had nothing to, to fall upon. It was an agreement about words. That's, that's not binding. No, 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 no. They um, actually both went and they made a formal acquisition on each of their sides of the yard. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, alternatively, one walked to one side and made an acquisition, the other walked to the other side and made an acquisition. Well, so that's what Gomorrah says. So the Rishonian pounds and they say, well, isn't that just saying the same thing twice, just two different options? Like, why do you need both of them? So in other words, Gomorrah asks a question, answers, gives it, asks a question, answers, asks a question. Then the Gomorrah gives an answer and then all of a sudden you think, okay, everything's fine now. And then the Rishonian pounds on the Gomorrah and they ask questions and the Nachrenian pounds on the Rishonian and they ask questions and there's never anything which goes unquestioned. Oh, maybe it's trying to teach me a lesson in life I should question things. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Probably the rest of my life I should just go around blindly accepting things. <laughs> Joke. No, you should question everything. And when you question everything, you question your thoughts. When you question your thoughts, you get your entranceway into spirituality. Whoa, this is huge. This is huge. Ben, some more stories about buses. Let's hear. <laughs> it's maybe like a bit of a separate question, but like at that moment of, of out of heaven, when you're like angry or whatever it is, how do you like actually just do this? Because at that point, like, I don't really care about anything except for what's making me feel better. Have you ever tried doing this? Yeah. Like, once when? Actually. How long ago? Like, last week. Okay, and what happened? Let's talk about it. Just like, eventually it worked, but like... Okay, so one second, you, what happened? No, no, Let, let's recreate the scene. Like it it work, was... Like worked, like. Okay, let's recreate the scene. What happened? All, all names have been changed for... <laughs> no, I don't know if you exactly told me. It was like waking up in the morning. It was like you were speaking about with the Aspenami, that kind of thing. It was like... You woke up in the morning? Yeah. And? And, like, and, I, and then I went back to sleep. And you went back to sleep. And then I woke up eventually. And you woke up eventually. Like, after like two minutes. But because I did it. But the first time I did it, I just like... I did it and I was like thinking about it, but I couldn't like get into it because I was just too focused on how tired I am. And I like... I was thinking about you know, this method and everything and it just didn't actually work. And then what happened? And, and then I sat for two minutes and then I did it and then it worked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one second. But I'm saying so how do you know step number one was preparing the ground? How do you know that it wasn't that when you did the first time and you thought, oh, this isn't working and then you did the second time and it worked, maybe the first time was it working in that state and then there was step one and then you did step two and then you got out of bed. You mean so that's a great example. Maybe like, maybe like, it requires maybe it requires step one where it feels like it's just too too overwhelming. I'm too flooded by tiredness or by anger and I really don't have a way in. But you create this little like, kind of kink in the armor. And then you can take a step back and then step two is like, oh it makes me feel much calmer now, but I'm still like very, very, very irritated. 
take another step and you keep on doing it until you feel totally maybe maybe it requires five six seven eight nine ten times like if i get a bat to the face it's probably very difficult because you're probably so flooded, flooded by everything, you know, for sure. I mean, but we don't know until we practice it. And let, let's say we're not good at it. I mean, have you ever started something and been good the first time you've done it? Like, I give you a tennis racket and say, you want to play tennis? You say, well, do you know what? I'm actually not good at this. Well, of course you're not good at this. You haven't practiced multiple times. How good do you have to become a master of something? How much time do you have to invest in it? 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours, says Malcolm Gladwell. 10,000 hours. It's a long time. So when you've done this for 10,000 hours, come back. You will be a master, mate. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you.